Hello and welcome into another edition of the Potbelly Pigskin Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Liam Schneider and I am joined by Graham McCool tonight. How's it going, Graham? It's going good. Awesome. So yeah, um, <laughs> any thoughts to start the show off from the last week? Holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I cannot. I like our... I think all almost all of my start sit decisions were so off, and it was such a strange week. It it was it was a strange week, and it was a week full of a lot of weird stuff and terrible injuries, and just really rough week. I think <laughs> all around. The best thing about fantasy football is the fact that there's another week right after it. <laughs> Hopefully erase all those bad memories. Exactly. Awesome. All right. Well, let's uh, let's take a look into some news here. Um, just to start off the show, one of the bigger pieces of news. I'm sure by this point everyone knows that OBJ got released. Now he's gone through waivers. Nobody claimed him, so he's free to sign with anyone. Apparently, he wants to sign with the Packers, which I actually think would be a pretty good fit um for that offense you as the Packers fan how do you feel about that I mean obviously OBJ went through the waivers like for a reason he was dramatically overpaid for his performance um I think he still has pieces of what made him elite I don't think he's elite anymore but I think as a second or third option, I think he's still got a lot of value on a lower contract. And I think he looks at, if he's looking around the league at the top teams that really have a chance of contending, Green Bay has an absolute target hog, but then pretty much nothing after that. Uh, They throw a bit to the running back, but it's not like some of the other offenses where the running back's almost the second, you know, wide receiver on it. Uh, they yeah. don't have a tight end really. Um, their depth chart at wide receiver is wide open. So, from his perspective, I absolutely see why. Uh, in looking at any of the top teams, that's where he wants to go. Uh, play with a future Hall of Famer. Uh, yeah. It, it makes sense for him, I think, as long as they can get him for cheap. I think it makes sense for Green Bay to sign him to a year, kind of prove it contract. And, yeah, I, 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 think it's, I think it's something that people will overpopularize because of who he was. Um, it, it's, it in no way is an elite receiver going there cheap. Yeah. It's he still holds so much name value. It's so strange just knowing yeah. knowing it's OBJ, but also looking at I mean maybe he just wasn't a fit in Cleveland. Who knows? I I I don't know. But uh yeah. I I would be excited if you went to Green Bay. I'd also be excited if you went to Seattle, because Seattle's also prioritizing trying to get him. Um, that has no, like, there's no personal reasons as to why I do not own both Aaron Rodgers and um, Russell Wilson in my main leagues. That's not why I'm saying that. Um, but, yeah, I I think... You, you do own Rodgers in one, I think. Oh, no, no, but, no. In uh... our league, I own both Wilson and Rodgers. Oh, okay. I stand corrected. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think Seattle's a little bit of a murkier call for him. I know Seattle is... Like any time there's any receiver that's available, Seattle's always like, we'll work him out. Yeah, it was the same uh, thing with Josh Gordon. Yeah, they, they work out everybody. They don't... They often don't actually do it with any kind of real, you know, um, plan in place, I think, because they, they work out everybody, yeah. but they very rarely sign them. So I think Seattle is a lot more of a far-off thing, and I don't see why Seattle is going to, like, Lockett and Wilson have a fantastic chemistry. Yeah. They they are amazing together. 
Lockett, I think you've seen without Wilson, he's not the most valuable receiver mm-hmm. on his own, but next to, with Wilson throwing him the ball, he is absolutely a huge asset. And I mean, DK is DK. So they've got an elite one and a really good two for them to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, For them to pony up any kind of money or risk, uh, especially in a down year where the odds of them making the playoffs aren't great. Yeah, because they're three and five. Yeah, why the hell would OBJ want to go to a three and five team yeah. that probably won't make the playoffs? I feel like they would have had to to claim him on waivers to get him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's move on from OBJ and just try and touch on some other news here quickly just before getting into buy and sell. Um, Dalvin Cook. This is strange. There's things that there's things that I've seen where he's being accused of physical and emotional abuse and is being sued by an ex-girlfriend but there's also things that are coming out from his uh, from his side that are saying that he's the victim of domestic abuse and extortion and that there's like there's pending litigation according to his agent um so that's going to be something interesting to follow um to see what happens um another big one and i think this is a little Honestly, I think it helps DJ more. Uh, Sam Darnold's going to miss a few weeks because he has a fractured scapula in his shoulder, so he's going to be out. PJ Walker is going to be the starter, and I honestly, I don't think like I don't think that makes it worse for DJ Moore. I think it makes it better because honestly, with how it was going with Darnold, it couldn't get any worse. Um, OBJ is talking to Pat's Chiefs Saints. Kamara's hurt, so the Saints hosted carry on Johnson. Um, there's not a whole lot more. I mean, oh yeah, there's uh, the Nick Chubb and uh, and Felton. They're both they're both tested positive for COVID, but uh, I mean, obviously the big one there being Chubb. Chubb is fully vaccinated, so if it is a false positive or possibly um, he has magically has two negative tests before Sunday he could play. Um, I'm leaning towards if, the, the biggest the biggest hope is that it is a false positive because I don't think there's any way that if you test positive for COVID between now and Sunday being able to get two negative tests. Not with the amount they test those guys. No. It's not like he got it two weeks ago. Yeah. And it's on the end. Yeah. All right, and uh, yeah, the um, James Robinson is expected to be back for week ten. That about does it for news. Did you have anything to add? No, I think that's about it. Perfect. All right, let's uh, let's get into buy and sell here. Uh, why don't you lead off the buy and sell? All right. So for my buy and sell for week ten, I decided to go with uh, Wentz as a QB one this week. And going forward, um, for this one, I was a buy. I think uh, Wentz, right now, he's QB8. I think that's a little inflated by the fact that he's one of the few kind of top QBs that hasn't had a buy yet. But I think that he's still very much in that, uh, you know, top 12 category. And I think he is uh, going to remain there with the way their running game is, their offensive line. Uh, You're seeing every week uh, more and more the relationship with him and Pittman and the connection they've grown. And I think it's hard to see him not putting up QB numbers most weeks. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's, it's really great that he's trending in the right direction. I 100% agree with you on this. I do think Carson Wentz will be a QB one. So obviously I am buying this. Um, it, he's got two more matchups with Jacksonville. So you've got Jacksonville. His, he's only got a tough matchup against Buffalo, a tough ish matchup against Tampa Bay. 
Um, but he's got Houston, he's got Vegas, he's got Jacksonville twice. Like you're talking about plus matchups for the quarterback. He, it's it's very plausible that he's not. I mean, it's almost as close to a guarantee that he's going to be a top, like he's going to be a top twelve quarterback going on for the rest of the season. All right. Um, for my buy and sell, I have Brandon Ayuk, and uh, I'm actually excited about this because I did target him in the offseason. I did try and get him in a lot of my leagues, uh, in my keeper leagues. But uh, I have Brandon Ayuk leading the San Francisco wide receivers this week, as well as going forward, meaning that he's going to be the number one wide receiver on the team this week. He's also going to be, I don't think he's going to outperform Samuel every week, but I think between now and the end of the season, he is going to have more points than Debo Samuel. And I'm buying this. Yes, you are. <laughs> I I'm a sell on this one. Um, it's nothing to disparage his talent. Ayuk is amazing. I was fortunate enough last year to uh, decide to throw him in as a as a flex in his one good game, and uh, he paid off great. And then I flexed him in his following two. And was disappointed, and then I think I dropped him with no regrets because he didn't do much the rest of the year. Ayuk is, he's got all the talent. I think he is the kind of guy who's a healthy scratch sometimes. And I just don't really trust him to be one of those guys who gives you good value week in and week out. Debo is is phenomenal. We know he's phenomenal. We know he will produce. Um, he will have good games. He will get open every week. He won't drop passes. That's what you want out of your wide receiver one. I think you've got two sure-handed, reliable guys on that field, and then one left monkey wrench not whatever you want to say uh, <laughs> in Ayuk, who, um, you know, he could take a slant for 90 yards or he could drop six passes that hit him in the hands. Um, I, I think you can't really rely on him week in and week out, at least where he's at right now. And I don't see any quarterback worth their salt relying on him enough to get them to wide receiver one numbers. What I, well, I don't mean necessarily wide receiver one fantasy, but I, I mean that I think, I mean, wide receiver one targets on that team. Well, he did say. have, so last, the last game he had eight targets. He had seven targets the week before. The thing is he is so Kittle's back and everybody's going to be focusing on Debo because Debo's second in the league in receiving yards. I feel that when, you're playing the likes of the Rams, who they have this week. Debo's probably going to get the Ramsey treatment. And looking at all the top corners, yeah, there aren't a bunch of top corners left in the games that they're playing in, but uh, I, I think the, the focus is going to be Debo and Kittle. And watching the replay, like watching the highlights from the San Francisco game last week, like Ayuk was making some real tough grabs, he was running routes real hard, and the other thing that I was reading about is the fact that it's not just it's not just the fact that it's showing on tape. The big thing for him at the start of the season was Shanahan was saying that he wasn't practicing properly. His teammates were saying he was practicing properly, and since the, in the last few weeks, Shanahan's come out and said that he's practicing a lot better. Even his teammates have said that as well, and frankly, it's showing on the field. So I think with the focus on Debo as well as Ayuk seems to be panning out, I, I'm i buying the fact that Ayuk's going to be the best receiver on this team for the rest of the season. Fair enough. Uh, com- I, I'm definitely still a sell. <laughs> um, I'm, <laughs> I'm not... Trying to sway your decision here, but it would probably no, be the only I'm, thing we I'm, disagree on. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying he's not... Uh, he's not worth a flyer some weeks. Uh, this week is definitely not a bad week um, to look at him as possibly being the guy again. But uh, 
Also, listen to this playoff schedule. Atlanta, Tennessee, Houston. Yeah. For fantasy playoffs. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm not I'm not saying that he's not going to potentially perform, and I think he does have more than one good game in him this season. Um, you know, as long as he uh, doesn't have a bad week and drop off, drop off a ledge or something. But uh, I just don't see any reason that I would think he's going to outperform Debo, who's right. number two in the league in yards. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't say for the whole season. I just said for the rest of the season. So. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, obviously <laughs> it's pretty not. pretty hard to, to top what Debo's done in the first half, so. He's incredibly far behind. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's uh, – Let's go into the matchups for Week 10, um, starting off with the Thursday nighter, which is Baltimore versus Miami. Um, looking at Baltimore, Miami's aligned the sixth most points to the quarterback, 15th most to the running back, fifth most to the wide receiver, and 13th most to the tight end. Miami is also allowing the most pass yards. They're allowing the second most receiving yards to wide receiver and the fourth most receiving yards to the tight end. Miami's a team you throw on. Um, they're not bad to run against as well, and I think uh, their number's going to get worse playing a running team like Baltimore. But uh, at, at the end of the day, um, I think you can... I mean, you're starting Hollywood if you have him. He's, he's having a really good, strong year. Um Week to week, there's occasionally going to be some down ones just due to the nature of his play. But uh, I think you can start Hollywood pretty safely in this one. And I think Bateman's also not a bad uh, start as well, just because of the matchup more than anything. Yeah. At running was... back. Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was going to say at running back. I think people are thinking Freeman these days. I think Murray's back. What that means, I have no idea. Um, Bell had a touchdown last week. I I honestly wouldn't trust that running back core at this point until we see what Murray being back really does to touches for everyone. Yeah, I mean, Freeman did, it did lead the team in touches. Um, Bell, I... Bateman, to me, I do like Bateman as well. I'm pretty sure I said go pick him up last week. He had another eight targets this week. Like he had six, since he's back, six targets, six targets, eight targets. He's hovering right around that 65% snap percentage, but he is that big, prototypical number one wide receiver. Lamar seems to be getting a little bit more accurate and because he, he's having to throw the ball a lot more because they don't have a running game. So, well, he's got two. He's got two first round draft pick wide receivers to throw to. Yeah, and it's and, hard and not Mark to Andrews. be decent. Yeah, well, yeah, and Mark Andrews. So it's hard not to be decent with that to use. Yeah, it's just I, for me the issue with Hollywood's always been the fact that he's one of those speed guys, and you got to throw a pretty damn near perfect ball if you're going to try and hit him anywhere in short to intermediate. And it's not just as easy as throwing something up and letting him run underneath it, you know? So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you're playing Lamar. It's tough to know what's going to happen with the running game in Baltimore. Brown and Bateman are both good starts. Andrews is a good start as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if, I'm, if, if there is a running back, I'm probably leaning towards Freeman. I wish, I wish, um, oh, why am I forgetting his name? He was the hotness going into the season. Gus got hurt. He was the guy who had the initial. Latavius Murray? No, 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 not Latavius Murray. The guy who had fumbling issues. The other running Tyson back. Williams? Yes, Tyson Williams. Thank you. I wish they would give him another chance. But uh, I don't think they're very trusting in running backs in Baltimore. So. Well, who knows? Maybe he'll have the, the hot hat this week. <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> All right, let's talk about Miami. Um, Baltimore is allowing the 14th most points to the quarterback, 10th most to the running back, 22nd most to the wide receiver, 2nd most to the tight end. They're also allowing the 3rd most yards receiving to the tight end. Uh, yeah, so with this one, I think 
part of it is just the idea that probably Brissette starting. Yeah. Uh, if Tua's back, things definitely change a little. Uh, Tua was looking pretty good before he got hurt. Uh, but I think Gaskin is a, a pretty safe start. Uh, his touches have been more consistent of late. Uh, it's a decent matchup. Um, Baltimore is, you know, their 10th most points, which is, which is solid. I mean, <laughs> that's right where you want. And uh, beyond that, I got to think Waddle is all right. And Gesicki is kind of a must start this week. Baltimore is terrible against the tight end. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that because I think, I mean, Gaskin, yeah, you play him. Um, Waddle, the reason why he's going to get the Marlon Humphrey treatment, which isn't great, but honestly, who else is there to throw to? So he's probably going to have a pretty high target share. Hopefully that target share turns into fantasy points. Um, and yeah, Gesicki is a great start this week. So, I mean, he showed that he can do it with Brissett as the quarterback as well. So. All right, well, yeah. let's go to the next matchup, which is Tampa Bay versus Washington. Um, looking at Tampa, Washington's allowing the most points to the quarterback, 14th most points to the running back, second most to the wide receiver, and 14th most points to the tight end. Um, Heineke, definitely, sorry, not Heineke, uh, Tom Brady. I'm looking at I'm looking at Washington, that was the first, first name that came to mind. Tom Brady, you're starting. Obviously, um, it, it it's a half decent matchup matchup for Fournette, so you can start him. I think both Evans and Godwin are good starts. I don't know if Brown is going to be back this week. I know he was close, but I can't. It, I don't remember the latest thing that was the latest news on him is saying that uh, Arians told reporters Monday that he's still in a walking boot. So I don't think he's playing this week. Um, and then Gronkowski, if he's in, it's a pretty good matchup against him. Obviously, having that that sixth sense kind of thing going on with Tom Brady, um, you can definitely start him. But it it does Gronkowski's doubtful to play this week too. So I, I look at this week for Tampa, and I, I mean they're playing Washington. Washington's not a good defense. Remember when uh, they were they a defense last year. They were a great defense last year, but this year they are not no. a good defense. They, they've they had a lot of players who've regressed, and they're just, they're not, they're not playing well at almost every level. So I think that if I was Arians, I probably wouldn't push Gronk back. I probably wouldn't push Brown back. Yeah, I don't think you'd uh, this week. I don't think you do. Uh, really, to move the ball, they have more than enough weapons on that offense that they don't need those guys to put up 30 points. So I don't see why you push guys like that back when you want them healthy, you want them you know, fully ready so that you can make your playoff run again because ultimately the regular season doesn't matter for a team like Tampa they're going to be in the playoffs as long as nothing happens to Brady. Yeah. And I mean, they've got some pretty, pretty decent matchups coming up like in regards to Indy, Buffalo, New Orleans, again, Carolina, like you, you want to make sure your best players are, are healthy for those games. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, let's move over to the, the Washington side of the ball. Tampa is allowing the 12th most points to the quarterback, 27th most to the running back, 14th most to the wide receiver, and 11th most points to the tight end. Um, I think there are better streaming options than the quarterback in Washington, whoever it might be. I don't know if Fitz is coming back yet. Um, it was Heineke. I mean, it is. they had their bye, so who knows, maybe he could come back this week. But uh, I personally don't know what to do with the running back situation in Washington anymore. You're starting Terry McLaurin. It is a half-decent matchup. The secondary in Tampa is still pretty hurt. Um, and then... Logan Thomas, I'm fairly certain what I saw on him today was he could be back this week. Um, so it's a good matchup for the tight end. I personally am a little bit worried 
coming back from, I mean, it was a pretty bad hamstring injury he had. So whenever it's a hamstring injury and it's their first week back, I'm not super comfortable playing them. Yeah, I think you've also seen Seals Jones do very well in that role and probably earn himself some field time. So I could see them kind of slowly working him back in with kind of a, you know, 50% uh, on the field or something like that, which will decrease his targets and uh, value as well. All right. Well, do you have anything else to add to this matchup or should we move on to something, uh, the next matchup? I mean, this, there's not really a whole lot to talk about in this one. Nope. All right. Let's look at Detroit and Pittsburgh. Uh, Looking at Detroit, Pittsburgh is allowing the 22nd most points to the quarterback, 31st most points to the running back, 9th most points to the wide receiver, and 20th most points to the tight end. All right, so I'm going to be the weirdo uh, wearing the foil hat this week. I uh, I don't think Detroit is winning this game. I think Pittsburgh is more than capable of handling them. But... Detroit has looked better in the last little while than the disastrous gimme game that they used to be at the beginning of the season. So what you're I think they don't look like the 0-16 Lions from a few years they, ago. They don't I mean, look they've like been, a team... They've been close in games, they have. Yeah, yeah. They, they have not been a team that is down 20 at half every game, which they kind of were at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, do I think that Goff is, you know, the answer or going to do a whole lot? Probably not. Uh, but Pittsburgh is susceptible at the wide receiver level. They have given up a lot of points to wide receivers this year. Um, and I could see, um, Goff getting a decent amount of balls to uh, Bateman or St. Brown, or sorry, Raymond or St. Brown. Uh, I I think they're sneaky flexes this week. Um, obviously, Hawkinson, if you got him, you're starting him. Swift has been a weekly start at this point. I don't think you need to really question it anymore. I think that uh, I think they'll keep it a lot closer than a lot of people think, and I think they will actually put up some points. And- yeah, and you know, I, I mean, this is going to be this is a look into tomorrow, but I honestly think DeAndre Swift is a bench this week, in my opinion. I'm not looking to start Swift. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Both both those wide receivers are sneaky starts. You're going to start Hawkinson. But I do think this will be a pretty close game. Uh, let's take a look at Pittsburgh. Um, Detroit is allowing the 13th most points to the quarterback, second most points to the running back, 17th most points to the wide receiver, and 22nd most points to the tight end. So again, with this, uh, you have to understand that those numbers are inflated by just how much of a dumpster fire they were at the beginning of the season. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it was just awful so their numbers have actually come up and they've been playing better defense of late that said uh harris is obviously a must start uh, <laughs> yeah. their numbers have come up but they're still the second worst yeah. uh, they're just not the worst anymore and they're slowly trending up i see them maybe ending the season around four <laughs> but um Harris is obviously a, a fantastic start. Uh, Pittsburgh loves to run, and uh, Harris has been fantastic all year. Outside of that, I mean, Big Ben has looked awful more than he has looked good. I think at this point, we can assume he doesn't have a big game left in him. He's just not going to make great throws too often. I think that uh, I'm going to say yeah Yeah. and and that was like he was a he was a gunslinger. He was a big guy big strong guy who threw the ball hard. 
he doesn't throw the ball as hard, and uh, it shows. Um, I think that I'm going to probably say his name wrong, but Friermuth. Friermuth. Uh, oh, I got it right. Okay, Friermuth. Uh, he looked great last week, and, um, you know, when your arm starts to go, you start throwing shorter, which benefits the tight end quite a bit. I think he's he's a good start. Detroit hasn't been classically great to play, um, but at, as far as tight end goes, but they're, you know, I, I think that it's still a, a good um matchup for him i think he'll be fine i think you could throw a dart at claypool or johnson uh i expect this game to be close so they will probably maintain throwing throughout yeah i i mean if you're there's not a whole lot of streaming options out there this week when it comes to quarterbacks so i mean if you're in desperation, uh, you can always pick up Roethlisberger. He'll be good for 15 points, and that's about it, in my opinion. He's he's Harris. got he's got a good floor. He's got a terrible ceiling. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great way of putting it. <laughs> um, Harris is obviously auto start. Deontay, I'm super confident in Claypool. I'm losing a lot of confidence in, and uh, yeah, like you said, with the with the lack of arm strength, Ryan Youth is he's He's good. I mean, I was I was pretty excited about him at the start of the season. I, I drafted him in my 14-team league. I dropped him, and I'm not going to lie, I've started to regret it. <laughs> so, Just go pick up Higby. Right. <laughs> no, I can't. I'm not going to do that ever again. I hate that roller coaster. Um, let's take a look at New Orleans and Tennessee. Uh, looking at New Orleans first, Tennessee is allowing the 8th most points to the quarterback, 25th most points to the running back. Most points to the wide receiver, 27th most points to the tight end. They're also allowing the second most pass yards and the most receiving yards to wide receiver. To me, I I don't know if they're going to go Taysom Hill or Trevor Simeon. I'm not super confident in Trevor Simeon. I really hope it is Taysom Hill because I feel like he brings a lot more to that offense than Simeon. Um, I also, I mean, Kamara, you're going to start him. You can definitely start, uh, like, Harris, Callaway are both pretty decent starts in this matchup because even though Woods and uh, Cup didn't have great games last week against Tennessee, they still got a decent amount of yardage, and I put that more on Stafford. So I, I think that in this game, regardless of who the quarterback is, Harris and Callaway are both good shots. Um I don't think there's a relevant tight end on New Orleans to start, so I, I look elsewhere. In my opinion, yeah, I I'm uh, I'm again going a little uh, off base, but something tells me I think Traquan Smith is a is a good start this week. Um, he definitely got some targets last week, and he did a lot with them. Um, I think that I think he had like three catches for fifty three which was a lot more efficient than the other two. I think he is kind of that invisible piece. And right now with quarterbacks who, you know, Simeon, he's probably not really got that much chemistry with Harris or Callaway either. So I think Traquan having been injured most of the year isn't as big of a disadvantage as it would have been with Winston. That said, Hopefully Hill's a starter. Not that he throws better, but uh, he makes their offense more dynamic at least. And I think Hill is at least a solid flex, whereas Simeon I don't think you ever want in your lineup. He's just got a bigger arm too than Simeon. You know, and I think I think when they were when New Orleans was doing well, Winston was forcing the ball downfield. And I just think with the receivers they have, because they don't have that Michael Thomas kind of player with Thomas being hurt that I think you're looking to try and take lots of shots down the field and, and dump passes off to Kamara. So I, I, th- I think they, they lost their identity for some reason. They were, they were great with letting Winston be Winston in the preseason. 
And then as soon as the season started, uh, it was like he couldn't throw more than five yards down the field. Um, I think once they started unshackling him a little bit and doing that, those bigger throws, I mean, it, it's a team that has a dynamic running back. You want to declutter uh, area around the line of scrimmage. <laughs> you don't want linebackers just standing there waiting for them. Um, their offense is so much more dynamic when they have a quarterback that can run the ball as well. You can do option plays. You can you can just do so much more when your quarterback can run. And Taysom mm-hmm. Hill gives them that. He can force it downfield. It's just a way better option. Look what he did last year when Brees was hurt, right? So Yeah. All right, let's look at Tennessee. Tennessee is allowing, sorry, so Tennessee side of the ball, New Orleans is allowing 23rd most points to the quarterback, 28th most to the running back, third most to the wide receiver, and third most points to the tight end. New Orleans is also allowing the fourth most receiving yards to wide receiver. Now, we were talking about, sorry, you were talking about tinfoil hats earlier, and I watched the game with Tennessee against the Rams, and all I kept seeing was, I kept thinking, I was watching this guy run, and I'm like, man, that looks a lot like Derrick Henry. I know Derrick Henry has a broken foot, but this guy is running a lot more like Derrick Henry. Maybe Tennessee can keep their offense. And it was Deonta Foreman. Deonta Foreman had the least amount of, like, the least, the lowest snap percentage, had, only had five carries, but he was way more effective than both McNichols and Peterson. Yeah, Peterson was in the it ended up falling into the end zone, but I honestly think Foreman looked like the much better back than Peterson and McNichols. So honestly, if he's on your waiver wire, go get him. Um, I'm not looking to start Ryan Tannehill this season. Then sorry, this this week against New Orleans. New Orleans defense is pretty good, uh, and uh, the I mean it is a very good matchup. You're starting AJ Brown, Julio if he's healthy, um, and then. There's, they started to kind of use the tight ends a bit last week, but I'm really not wanting to try and choose between Ferks or Swain or whoever they decide to use in Tennessee as a tight end. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I think avoiding Tennessee's tight ends is always a, a good idea. Um, I think uh, I think this matchup has been great for wide receiver. I think part of the reason that the quarterback numbers are so bad and the wide receiver numbers are so great um, against the New Orleans defense is because New Orleans is so good against the run and they've actually been really good against running quarterbacks. They've also faced a couple guys like Brady who um, I I don't know if Brady can run more than 10 yards at this point in his career. (laughs) Um, And I use run uh sparingly because he doesn't really run anyway uh so i think that for a pocket passer like Tannehill, new orleans is a better matchup than it looks like it is on paper uh that said i don't know that Tannehill is a great start but i could easily see him being a low-end qb1 high-end qb2 kind of range this week where if you got them uh especially if you got you know a super flex league Tannehill's a I, I think he's still a fairly good start I do agree with you on Foreman I think I like I like Peterson to to be good he's he's made a career of being a blunt object that doesn't give up and He's a lot older now. He's lost a lot of his speed and some of the other aspects that made him so dynamic. But he's still a freakishly strong guy who is probably going to hurt defenses. But I don't see him being a guy they're going to give the ball to more than 10 times a game. Because why would you? He's old. He he just can't hold up to a 20-carry kind of load and i think foreman offers a more dynamic upside for them uh mick nichols yeah. there's a reason why he barely touched the ball outside of receptions he's not a great running running back and they don't trust him to run the ball that much so i think 
the other, I think Foreman has a very good avenue. Um, he's a guy who everyone thought was going to be amazing. And for years, people kept picking him up. This is the year. This is the year. This is the year. He didn't pan out. He had his issues. But he's I mean, had some time off. Yeah, well, yeah, he's had he's had some injury that's... issues, among things. He also had some performance issues. Uh, I mean, that's a hard thing to come back from, though. And I think, oh, yeah. I think, I mean, this might be all of the potential that everyone was seeing with Foreman, right, is the fact that he looked so good against the Rams in limited work, and the other two just looked so bad. Yeah, this so, this is this is a great shot for him. This is probably the last good shot anyone's going to give him. He's got a team that is a good running team, does like to run the ball, and does like to use a running back in a style that is beneficial to his particular skill set. And I think he he had troubles in Houston partially because they wanted him to be the kind of running back that he wasn't. And Houston at the time was, they they basically had, this is exactly what we want. This is who we want you to be, do this. And I don't think he ever was the right fit in that offense. I think he's much better uh, fit in this one. And if he is ever going to perform, this is, this is his shot. Yeah. All right, well, let's uh, let's go to the next matchup here, Atlanta against Dallas. Uh, looking at Atlanta, Dallas is allowing the seventh most points to the quarterback, 24th most points to the running back, eighth most points to the wide receiver, and 10th most points to the tight end. I think that Atlanta is pretty straightforward. Um, they're... They kind of have been for a few weeks now. I think right now, especially this game against Dallas, who is very susceptible at the wide receiver, tight end, and quarterback, I think you're going to see a very healthy dose of uh, Cordero Pitts in this one. I think it's a great matchup for Ryan. I think he will put some points up. Dallas has also been beatable at running back of late. Uh, Their numbers are still high, but it's mostly because of just how good they were at the beginning of the season. They've been very mediocre recently. Uh, That said, I don't think Davis is a great start. I certainly wouldn't if I had any other option. But I think it inflates Patterson as well, so I think this is a really good game for him. Yeah, I would... 100% 100% agree with that. It's Ryan Patterson and Pitts. I'm not really looking to start anybody else outside of that. So, all right, let's uh, let's move on to the Dallas side of the ball. Atlanta is allowing the fourth most points to the quarterback, eighth most points to the running back, twelfth most points to the wide receiver, fifteenth most points to the tight end. They're also allowing the fourth most rush yards to the quarterback. Um, I think this is a revenge game for. For Dallas, not necessarily a revenge game on Atlanta, but a revenge game on their offense of last week. Yeah, they were absolutely horrendous in a matchup that was not bad enough to deserve uh, the terrible. Like Dak couldn't make throws, and when he did, his receivers couldn't catch passes. Uh, It looked like Zeke was running in quicksand sometimes, and they were just. They looked slower, and yeah, it, it, it was just, it was horrible. It was a terrible game to watch. Um, I don't see Dak being the kind of guy who has a down week two weeks in a row, and with how disastrous that week was, I think he's going to come back, and I think he's going to throw the lights out in this one. I think Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb are both amazing plays i could see them both finishing uh you know as wide receiver ones on the week i think schultz is not a bad play either i mean atlanta is not great kind of anywhere defensively uh zeke if you got him you're starting them yeah i mean i 
I agree. Dak, Zeke, CD, Cooper, Schultz, all great starts this week. You can put them in your lineup and have confidence. Um, if you're looking to take it, take a dart throw, it would be on. I, is it Cedric Wilson? Is that is Cedric his first name? Uh, you're thinking of the wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, the Ced- third Cedric. Wide yeah, Cedric. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Cedric Wilson isn't a terrible dart throw this week. I thought Gallup's back though, isn't he? Kind of number three on the. Is depth Gallup chart? back this week? If he's back, then obviously that's an, that like I basically the third wide receiver in in Dallas in this matchup is a good start. Um, he's There's going to be. Yeah, he is expected to return and play in week ten. So um, Gallup it. He would be another great guy to start this week. I am a little bit more hesitant with him, just knowing because of the injury. So, um, I mean, if he's in and you're desperate for a flex spot, Gallup's a good start. Yeah, I don't think Gallup's a bad one. Um, I I also I do agree that Wilson has looked great recently, and Gallup. I mean, he's coming back from a big injury. Uh, you don't generally have that much faith in a guy coming back from a big injury anyway at wide receiver just because it is such a demanding position physically yeah but i think coming back as the number three guy um i think that that takes a little bit of the the wind out of those sails too so i i if, if you need to, Gallup's not a horrendous start, but he's one of those guys who could easily have, like, one target and zero catches. Yeah. Okay, well, let's take a look at the next matchup, which is Cleveland versus New England. Looking at Cleveland, New England is allowing the 31st most points to the quarterback, 21st most to the running back, 20th most to the wide receiver, 26th most to the tight end, and they're also allowing the second most receiving yards to the running back. I am, I mean, especially with the news about Chubb, um, this is a matchup where I'm not looking too much to try and go at Dearness. Just, I mean, volume play, he's great. Um, but he, I, he hasn't really been used as a pass catcher that much. And it was mostly Felton, but he's also tested positive for COVID. So it, it, in, in my opinion, this is a matchup where you, if you're playing New England, you want to have a running back that's, pretty good at catching passes. So I'm not super excited to start Dearness. You're not looking at Mayfield. I mean, you can take a dart throw on Peoples Jones. You should pick up Peoples Jones because he's definitely been the number one wide receiver on that team. Um, Landry is, I mean, he's still Jarvis Landry, but Peoples Jones has like his ceiling is so much higher than Landry. Um, The tight ends, yeah, I mean, you can take a shot on either Njoku or Hooper. I would probably lean Njoku just because, again, if talking about ceiling plays at tight end, he's somebody that can go out and maybe get you 25 points. So, Yeah, um, I, I think there are better options than uh, Cleveland tight ends this week. But, I mean, New England's not a great matchup for tight end anyway. And... It's it's Cleveland. Um, I I honestly the only player I look at and I think I would start that guy is Dernis Johnson. Um, Cleveland's Cleveland's a great running team. They run the ball very well. Uh, when Johnson did have his you know big game where he was the guy, they were playing Denver. Like I mean. You can't tell me that New England is a worse matchup than Denver. And he put up what, like over twenty points. I think that I think that he's a fine enough start. Uh in the touches he's had since, like he's a, he looks like a very dynamic rusher. Um he's not Chubb, but I could easily see him going over twenty points in this game. Uh especially with the fact that there's not a hell of a lot else on their offense for them to really lean on. That's I, the part that worries me, though, is because Belichick is just so well known for taking away 
your best piece. And right now, Cleveland to me has one piece. Yeah, they're they're a running team, but I think that I think that it's it's tough to see New England doing any better than Denver did at shutting them down on the run. And I mean, you got to assume they're going to throw him the ball. There's, there's literally nobody behind him on the depth chart. There really uh, isn't the other reason. guy, I think he's got like, he sounds like he's Russian. I'm not sure. Uh, can't even remember what his name is. Like Jackovic or Djokovic. Like he sounds yeah. like a hockey player more than a football player. Yeah. Jan- Janovic. They, they have, uh, they had uh, Joshua Kelly too. I'm pretty sure they signed, but I'm pretty sure he also went under COVID protocol. So, I mean, that's... Johnson's the guy. He's going to get He's gonna get 20 touches this game. And... Not Joshua Kelly. It was the... Um... Oh, I can't remember his name. But they're, it, it, they've got three backs under COVID protocol, so... Yeah. Uh, it, it, there is nobody to take snaps from Dernis Johnson. He is going to be the guy this game. <laughs> Uh, he's going to get 20 touches, almost guaranteed, because they don't have a lot else going on. Uh, he'll probably catch a couple passes. He will get a lot of run work. And you got to assume Cleveland's going to score, you know, at least once, probably twice. Um, and so if, if they can get themselves two touchdowns, smart money's that Darnus Johnson has at least one of them. See, my biggest hope is just that it's a false positive for Chubb, and he's in. Yeah, fair enough. I, yeah. All if right, Chubb's in, uh, start Chubb. I, I, I just think if, if Chubb's in, it just makes – it brings more options for that offense where I'd be more confident in starting Dearness Johnson going against the Patriots, just knowing that Chubb's there as well too. Because um, he got – Chubb got passes thrown to him last week too. So, anyways – Let's uh, let's look at the New England side of the ball. Um, Cleveland is allowing the ninth most pa- uh, points to the quarterback, twenty uh, third most points to the running back, sixteenth most points to the wide receiver, and twenty first most points to the tight end. Um, I don't like starting any New England Patriots, other than Harris when it's a good matchup, and to me this isn't a good matchup for Harris. Um, I think Hunter Henry is a tight end, like he's. He's a touchdown or bust, in my opinion. And the wide receiving core in New England just isn't good enough. I, I think they're just, they want to spread the ball around to that wide receiving core. So there's not one person that you can really focus on to, uh, to just, it, that I would feel comfortable putting in a flex spot this week, especially too. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, it's, it's hard to envision too many avenues of success where, there's a lot of value on their offense. I think Hunter Henry is a tight end one. He's not an amazing option, but I think he's been consistent enough to be a guy that you can you know, start most weeks. Harris, I don't know. The other know. thing I didn't mention is, is both Harris and Ramondre Stevenson are hurt. So it's not... 100% certain they're going to be playing this week either. There's also a reason why I'm not excited to start anybody in the New England backfield. Yeah, there, there's a lot of people thinking that even if Harris does play, uh, it'll probably be a timeshare with Bolden. But yeah, I, I think Harris in this particular matchup, it's probably going to be a lot of grinding football. Um, I don't see Belichick you know, letting Jones drop back too much. He doesn't want him to get laid out by Cleveland's pass rush. Um, yeah. Wow. Good pass rush. It, it's a fantastic, uh, fantastic pass rush. Um, so, like, I see them doing a lot of shorter stuff, uh, running the ball a lot. If Harris is in, I think he's got a decent enough floor just based off workload. Um, if not, Bolden be next man up with a decent enough floor to throw in a flex spot if you don't have someone, you know, that you're high on in the week. Um, but I think that plays into Hunter Henry too. Like I think 
if they're going to come in with the philosophy of short passes, not not taking sacks, I think Hunter Henry's the guy who benefits there. Yeah, I mean, he is the tight end five in yeah. standard scoring, the tight end eight in uh, in half PPR. So, um, yeah, I mean, let's uh, let's move on to the next matchup because this one's just kind of. That's slightly depressing. <laughs> um, Buffalo against the Jets. Uh, the Jets, looking at Buffalo, Jets are allowing the 16th most points to the quarterback, the most points to the running back, the 26th most points to the wide receiver, the 8th most points to the tight end. They're also allowing the 5th most rush yards to the running back, and they're allowing the most receiving yards to the running back as well. Yeah, so the the Jets are uh, still the Jets. Um... Yeah. <laughs> One year and a lot of uh, promise later, um, they're still the Jets. Uh, any given week, they might take down a giant. And any given week, they might lose by 40 to a 1-6 and six team. I will say they do look a little less embarrassing this year than they have in years past. They have a lot more promise. I think White um, looks like a guy who is is young and uh, doesn't think he can lose, which is exactly what you want on a bad team. Uh, he's going to throw. Uh, he's he's going to throw a lot short if uh, his previous games are any indication, and I think that benefits Carter a lot. I think that... Or Sorry, I'm talking about Buffalo right now. Not yeah, Denver. I was going to say, we're... we're... Uh, we're on the Bills right now. Yeah, if if you've got uh, if you've got the Bills, I think that Allen is obviously a start. I think Singletary and Moss both offer flex appeal this week, with the fact that Buffalo should beat them and beat them well. Uh, and I mean, they should have beaten the Jaguars and well last week too. Yeah, that's why I'm saying should and not will. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the, the last two weeks, Buffalo has looked uh, a lot worse than uh, was expected. But uh, I think that this is a game where uh, if they don't beat the Jets convincingly, uh, we can start pushing a bit of the panic button in Buffalo. Uh, they're at five and three. Yeah. If they lose... That's that's a huge panic button, but if they don't blow them out, I think that's still a cause for a lot of concern. Um, this is a team that, at one point, was the number one offense and defense, which is ridiculous. I mean, their defense is still really good. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, uh, just in regards to Zach Moss, he did suffer a concussion last week. So he might not be able to play this week. And especially with just the buffs that uh, the Jets allowed to the running back, Singletary, he's on your waiver wire. You need to go pick him up because he could be an RB1 this week. Uh, especially if Moss doesn't play. Uh, yeah. I think even if Moss does, I think they both have, you know, very good running back to um, potential. Yeah. He's and I a think... low-end RB2 flex play. If Moss does play, Singletary's an RB1 if Moss is out. Yeah, absolutely agreed. Um, I think uh, as far as wide receivers go, I think this isn't necessarily a great matchup for them. Um, I could, I mean, if you got digs, you paid high, you're probably starting them. I don't know that I'd necessarily start anyone else just because... I think they're going to run over the Jets, and I think that does not play favorably for any of their receivers. Yeah, I I think Diggs is about the only one that I'm comfortable starting. All right, um, looking at the Jets, Buffalo's allowing the least points to the quarterback, the least points to the running back, the least points to the wide receiver, and the 25th most points to the tight end. I don't think there's really anything to talk about on this side of the ball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Buffalo's defense has looked beatable in positions. I think if you've got Carter and you don't have a great option 
besides him, I think he's a fine enough start. I think he's shown that he's going to get enough touches. Um, and I think, especially with White in there, who I believe is going to be the starter this week, um, he's going to throw it to Carter. So especially in a full PPR, if Carter has five catches, even if they only go for 20 yards, you know, that's still seven points right off the bat, just with the receiving of your running back alone. Um, I think Carter is a decent enough start. I wouldn't, uh, you know, uh, Elijah Moore, uh, definitely worth, I was going to bring up and stash him. Yeah, definitely worth picking up and stashing. Uh, he reminded me a little bit of OBJ early in his career uh, with some of the speed and the way he he seemed to be running at full speed almost instantly at times. Yeah. Uh, which can make for very elusive cuts and make you really tough to handle on slants and things like that. And I think he's got a lot of potential moving forward. Not this week, though. Yeah, I I agree. I, you just stash him. You're not really looking to play him. I'm not looking to play anybody on the Jets. If I mean, you can't make me kind of deal. Um, let's go on to the last matchup of the night, which is Jacksonville versus Indianapolis. Uh, looking at the Jacksonville side of the ball, Indianapolis is allowing the fifth most points to the quarterback, the 30th most points to the running back, the fourth most to the wide receiver, and the seventh most points to the tight end. I think Trevor Lawrence is a good start this week. Like, as long as he's playing, because he does have a high ankle sprain. Um, if Robinson is in, you're going to start him just because even in bad matchups, he's been good. But he's also dealing with an injury. I lean Marvin Jones. I don't want to. I mean, it's a good matchup for the wide receiver. I would say Marvin Jones is probably your best bet out of the wide receiver core in Jacksonville. I don't trust Chenault. He seems to get a lot of receptions, but they all seem to be for like three or four yards each time. And it's just, it, you you want to say like every single time you see him getting those receptions, you're like, oh, it's just potential. Like that's more opportunities for success. It, it hasn't turned into enough success for the amount of opportunities he's getting. And the, my favorite tight end stream of the week is Dan Arnold in this matchup. So. Well, hopefully he's more of the Uzama than the Atkins. Yeah, no kidding. That was way off. (laughs) But yeah, Arnold, Arnold had a good week last week. They traded for him when they made that deal with Carolina. So he's, he's definitely a very good streaming candidate this week. Yeah. I, I, I tend to agree with you on, on most of that. I think, um, Chenault is kind of, he's, he, he's managed to catch most of his targets. He just, he, they've given him some carries. They've, they've, they've tried to work him into the offense. He just, and especially since the bye, he just doesn't seem to be even producing at the floor that I thought he would. I figured he'd be one of those guys that, especially in full PPR, gives you, you know, a baseline of at least six receptions a game. He's not even doing that. So he's, he's broken double digits once this year. Yeah. In half PPR, it's just it's not good enough. Yeah, yeah. I think Agnew um, has potential in this one, just because I think uh, he's one of those guys that. Like, he has had double digits in more than one game. He's um, what you want Chenault to be. He He's a little more... Um, he he does a little more with the passes and rushes that he gets. Um, I think as they start moving forward in the season, I think they move forward with more passes to Agnew and less to Chenault. Um, but I think this week, Jones is probably your, your only real... Um, one that you want to go look at. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, let's look at the indie side of the ball. Um, Jacksonville's allowing the tenth most points to the quarterback, sixteenth most points to the running back, eleventh most points to the wide receiver, and ninth most points to the tight end. We touched on it earlier. Carson Wentz 
this is a positive matchup for him. He's got another matchup against Jacksonville this year, so you can definitely stream Carson Wentz if he's available to you. Um, Jonathan Taylor, you're starting every week, but I also think this is a pretty decent matchup for Naeem Hines. Um, Michael Pittman, you're absolutely starting, but also if you're if you're in desperation, Zach Pascal is a good start this week as well. And uh, I, I keep saying it, and it keeps not coming true, but Moali Cox is who I'm putting my money on for a tight end in Indianapolis every week. I just, I, the, that's, the ceiling is much higher than Jack Doyle. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not putting any money on a tight end in Indianapolis, period. Um, Doyle yeah. is a, I mean, he's, he's, he's a veteran. He's a good locker room guy, as far as I know, and he's, um, you know he's he's a great safety valve for Wentz. Um, I, he's not going to get a he's not going to get a ton of work, but he is going to get some. And with that tight end, with the amount of other mouths they have to feed, um, Pittman's a target hog. His relationship with Wentz at this point is fantastic. Taylor is also becoming. Well, I mean, he's he's a massive beast, and he eats up a lot of touches, but he's also become um, a bit more of a pass catcher. So I think Taylor, you've got Hines who catches out of the backfield. There, There's a lot of passes to go around to even just the running back core before you start feeding Pittman and some of the other names on their wide receiver list. Uh, there just aren't a lot of passes that are going to tight ends right now. And if you factor in that they're maybe throwing five balls to tight ends a game, if two of those are going to Doyle, that means Cox has a ceiling of maybe three catches. Yeah. I, and I mean, you touched on it. I, if you don't have to, don't start a tight end in Indy. There's other options. Like we talked about Arnold, uh, Conklin in Minnesota this week's another good one. Um, there's just, yeah, I think Molly Cox or Jack Doyle are probably, uh, probably like six or seven down my streaming candidates of tight ends for this week. Agreed. All right. Well, that wraps it up for tonight. So uh, we will be back tomorrow with the remainder, the remaining matchups. Uh, also, talks will start sit decisions and uh, give you our bold prediction for the week. Do you have anything else to add tonight, Graham? No. Uh, looking forward to uh, a little more consistency, hopefully, this week. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully hopefully, much better picks this week than last. All right. Well, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You can also listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you have any questions, you can always email us at potbellypixionatfantasyfootball at gmail.com. All right, well, thanks, and have yourself a good rest of the night.